UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. And welcome back. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. When Herman Mahari makes his way back to Kansas City, it's something of an event. Herman is back in town for an 8 o'clock Saturday evening show at the Folly Theater downtown. In the meantime, he's doing interviews, conducting master classes, and playing his horn seemingly all over town. In the years since he graduated from UMKC in 2010, Mahari has become a player to hear on the international jazz scene. He underscored that point a few years ago when he uprooted and moved to Paris. Uh, today, his performance schedule is dotted with more dates on the European continent than this one. Herman, of course, has his own show on this station, The Session with Herman Mahari, that's heard at 7 on Saturday evenings. But, of course, there's that concert at the Folly tomorrow night that is moving toward sellout status. Here's Herman Mahari from his latest album, Asmara. This is Soul Chant. Welcome back. So good to have you here, Herman. So good to be here. Good to see you. Yeah, this has got to be, you know, something of a moment for you headlining a gig at the Folly Theater because when you were a student at UMKC, you used to go down there and listen to shows like we all did. And now you're going to be the guy on the stage. That's got to be a moment for you. It's it's really a full circle moment. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, I, I that that's It's one of the series that really is really inspirational to me and really in part of my formative experience. Have you ever played on that stage before? I've never played the Folly. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is going to be a first. This will be a first. God, it's a gorgeous theater. It's beautiful. And I actually, the, the, the renovations, I haven't even seen the renovations. Yeah, I've just been been there a couple of times. It's, it's it's great. Yeah, it's a different different place. Wow. So what's it feel like to be the headliner, the guy? It's, it's a bit surreal, honestly. I bet. Yeah, I, I bet. It, to see my name on the on the series uh, with with the with all the other great artists and um, and to be able to present my my music and my identity and it's it's uh, it's really surreal. I mean, I've seen Sonny Rollins on that stage, uh, Joshua Redman, or uh, you know Brad Meldam, you name it. I've seen them all there. Yeah. And now it's you. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) You've sold a lot of tickets for this thing. You're looking at a pretty packed house. Would you rather have it full or empty? (laughs) Does that ever cross your mind? (laughs) I, I, you know, I, I would, I, I would really love for it to be full. And and the thing about it that's beautiful about Kansas City and the community here that's so supportive of has been so supportive of me. When when that room is full, it's going to be full of. A lot of love and, and oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, your latest album is titled Asmara, which is the capital of Eritrea, uh, the country in northeast Africa, hard on the coast of the Red Sea. You have roots there, exactly. Tell us about that. Yeah. 
So um, my parents are from Eritrea, both my parents. Um, I was born here, but um, so my family is, is Eritrean. Um, they were essentially, they were refugees. And um, so- You have family it, back there still? I do have some family. Our family's pretty large. Eritrean families tend to be pretty large. Lots yeah. of, lots of uh, I have tons of uncles and aunts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a lot of family members have moved in different places around the world as, as refugees. Um, so I have family kind of in a lot of places, but definitely family still in Eritrea. Your, your parents were refugees. Why? What was going on? This was from the war with Ethiopia mm-hmm. during the, the 70s and 80s. Um, and they uh, they arrived in the United States in the beginning of the 80s. Yeah. And what are they doing today? Uh, so it's just my mom now. Mm-hmm. And, and she is uh, well, like, they, well, they were, I grew up in Jefferson City. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and my mom, now she's out in L.A., actually. Yeah. So, so in your life, where, where did jazz come from? Where, where did that musical thing begin to build in you? Jazz came from an experience I had in, in middle school when I, when I decided to take this course in improvisation. And I said, wow, this, thing's, this is a beautiful idea, the, the idea to be able to create music in the moment. And so I went to a CD store and, and I said, okay, I'm gonna, I should listen to some jazz if I'm going to do improvisation. And I said, well, I know that name, Miles Davis. That looks familiar, you know. I, he's a trumpet player. So yeah. I'll check out some of his stuff. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's quite a bit of albums. I picked one. happened to be kind of blue. <laughs> you picked a good one. I picked a good one, I think. <laughs> and once you picked that one, you never you never stopped. Yeah, that was the That was pretty much my experience, too. Once wow. you Once you listen to that album, you, you keep looking for it. You yeah. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. 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 So you, there was a jazz improvisation class in Jefferson City that yeah. you were able to connect with, and that began to turn your... I mean, that's kind of amazing. It is amazing. And, you know, that's one of the things, now living in Europe, I, I, I think it's really special about the United States is that what we have is really... We have music education in all the public schools and on a level that's really high with instrumental music. In Europe, you're saying? Here in the U.S. Here too, as opposed yeah. to... As opposed to... Because in, in Europe, they don't have that. Uh, it's really? All, yeah, it's, uh, it's all extra, extra outside of school. If you're if you're if you're in high school and you and you want to do music and learn instruments, you do, you you can't do that within the school system. So I would have flipped. I would have thought you would have been flipping that thought and no, complaining about schools here. No, right? it's no, it's that's why it's, that's what's interesting about it. Yeah. You know, because we we you know we 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 there's this there's this like thought that here in the states like we we we're not like you know supporting culture enough and music enough and the kind of, which, which in some degrees that's true. Yeah. But in the public school system, the band programs, orchestra programs. The yeah. fact that, that that exists in all the schools yeah. is really, it's it's a U.S. thing. It's cool. Do you get back to Eritrea at all? I mean, do you spend time there? How, how does that how does that work? I went only once when I was five with mm-hmm. my mom. She took me and my brother. Um, it's, this political situation is a bit difficult. Mm-hmm. There. So I'm kind of waiting for things to calm down before I go. But you decided to make an album reflecting that heritage. How did you connect with the the music? Because it it sounds like it's not something from this country. So you clearly connected with it somehow. Yeah. So I, you know, it's funny. I grew up with the music around me, uh, with our Eritrean community, and 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 whenever there's birthday parties or or or, or just anniversaries. Even in this or, country. Yeah. yeah with the mm. yeah exactly. We'd have these gatherings and I'd listen to the music and it's it's been around. My parents listen to the music as well. But it wasn't until uh, uh, 2020, during during the the pandemic, where I started exploring this music and 
coming at it from my my musical side and studying it and 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 learning the, the what the, the roles of the instruments and the history of the music. I really dove deep, and and that's that's where this idea for the album came about. Was it difficult for you to reach that place to write music that reflected that heritage, given the fact you hadn't been there in a long time? The more you know, the more difficult part was that there's like, like as opposed to there's a lot there's a lot of stuff on Ethiopian music. But like Eritrean music is not super well documented. It's not super well studied. And so I had to really dig deep. And I, you know, it's also talk to family members at a distance, you know, yeah. this is during the, during this like confinement of, you know, <laughs> yeah. of COVID. And you're buying um, lots of music, I gather, just trying to wrap yourself around with it a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's not like I was like ignorant of the music because like I said, I grew up with it, but like. You know, I I had to really do a lot of study and really I I kind of came at it the way I came at well, well jazz. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you say in your website that you are attempting with this album to pioneer a new sound. I mean, that's not too high a bar or anything like that. What are you What are you thinking about? Well, the thing about this particular thing is that Eritrean music is so unknown, just as I was saying. Mm-hmm. And it's never really been it's never been mixed with with jazz. It's never uh, been this. There's never been this kind of this, this hybrid. And I, I think you know I think I'm onto something interesting and new here. And you know, saying you want to come up with something new and different is one thing, but actually pulling it off that's that's a trick. <laughs> Do you see yourself making walking down this road for a while? Yeah, I mean, I I tend as you've seen, you know, like my, my albums kind of evolve and change a lot, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think. That's maybe that's a that's just me how I am. Also, maybe an influence of Miles Davis, <laughs> yeah. but um, it's it's going to be part of my sound. But it's not going to be you know I'm not going to make Asmara two. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's 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 going to be there and it's going to be an influence in, in in my music in the future. But it's the thing I was going to ask you about. I, I'm so struck by the sound of your horn because you think about the jazz trumpet going back decades and you tend to think about people like Freddie Hubbard and, you know, uh, Maynard Ferguson and people who could, you know, shatter the sun with their high notes, basically. <laughs> and that's not you. You're very much in the tradition, the, the the line of the Miles Davis, sort of the melodic thing. You're not trying to impress people with how many high notes you can play and how long you can s- sustain those notes. And what I'm wondering is, was that a, a conscious choice that you made musically or was because playing like Maynard Ferguson was just something that Herman Mahari was never going to be able to pull off to begin with? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. Yeah. I, you know, it is something that evolved naturally. Um, I wasn't ever adverse to the, the, um, the fiery technique, but. I'm not saying you can't do some of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Cause it's on the album, yeah, the new album, Yeah. but it's, it's not something that you're going to, you know, think about the most after you listen to Asmara, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's always been the music first, yeah. you know? Um, but the way I play the trumpet is, a, is a, I'm very conscious of the, the fact that I, I play it in a more um, soft way, in a more mellow way, uh, try to play it in a more beautiful way, in a more mm-hmm. song-like way. Mm-hmm. That's what really, that's really important to me. Is that a tougher sell commercially? Because don't I mean don't a lot of jazz fans they want to come out on a Friday night and have a few drinks and they want to hear people again you know knock the stars out of the sky with high notes is is that a harder sell for you? Actually, I find the opposite. I find it I find it as a good sell, an easy sell, easier sell because I think a lot of people that are not jazz fans yeah 
they don't want to hear that. You know, they want to hear something they can relate to and something that's nicer to listen to, in a sense, you know, quote unquote nicer to listen to. Um, so, yeah, maybe the jazz fans who are expecting that, maybe they're disappointed. Maybe not because I, you know, I can't do that and tap yeah. into that sometimes too. Yeah. But what I found interesting is that what I'm doing and is, 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 you know, it's attracting non-jazz fans. People don't listen, normally listen yeah. to jazz. And I've always, that's always been important to me since like the diverse days, you know. Well, it was so interesting that Miles' legacy endures maybe more powerfully today than someone like Freddie Hubbard's. I mean, Fred, you know, Lee Morgan, all those guys were great, deserve their props. But Miles continues to be a guy that most people, you stumbled into him, I did. That's the connecting point still for a lot of people to get into the music. Absolutely. Yeah. He was such a forward thinker. And, and um, it's it's interesting because, you know, some people put put innovation with being maybe too, too uh, avant-garde for people to, to hold up. But actually his innovation was the fact that he just, he kept moving with the times yeah. and adjusted and, and was always there and, 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 he just kept getting an audience, gaining a new audience as a result of that. Which is so amazing for any musician. Yeah. I mean, the way he reinvented himself and, and talked about and approached the music in completely different ways as he went through his career. You know, jazz fusion became his thing toward the end, bebop early on, something, a hybrid in the middle of all of that. I mean, to pull that off and sustain a career the way he did – you just almost, that's just an amazing feat. It's amazing. I mean, he's one of a kind. One of a kind, yeah. Well, let's listen to another track from this album that, that highlights Herman's uh, Eritrea roots. This is I Remember Eritrea. That's just gorgeous. Um, Herman Mahari, I remember Eritrea. There's a little Shenandoah in that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Am I hearing Shan Sh sure. Shenandoah? Yeah, yeah, you play yeah. that song too. I do play that song. Yeah. I play that on A Change for the Dreamlike. In, in the first uh, song we heard, Soul Chant, there's a little Coltrane. There's a little There's a little uh, Love Supreme. In, am, I, am I hearing that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What do you enjoy the most, performing or writing new music? <laughs> I, I would say... I would say performing, but you know, given the fact that I, I perform so much, 
that the when I get the time to 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 just say okay now I'm gonna write I'm yeah. taking this time to write I really enjoy that writing as well because it's just like something I don't get to do as often because I'm performing so you know so much you got to be in a certain headspace to be able to write and exactly. just coming off the stage and sitting down although Ellington used to do that he'd play a gig then he'd come out <laughs> after everybody left and sit down and compose for you know a couple hours you know yeah it's amazing I I could never do that <laughs> yeah. We'll be back in just a minute. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to interview you on the Folly stage uh, tomorrow night before, and I'm going to get there before, and we'll visit a little bit. But what's your thing before a before a show? You need a little space, or are you kind of relaxed, or how how, how do you approach a concert like the one you'll have tomorrow night? It's interesting. Normally, I'm I'm pretty pretty calm i don't get butterflies and all that before before shows really yeah i, I it's, it was funny because i was talking to a musician recently um in la and, and he was and i didn't realize but he's like yeah i really you know i i'm always get a little bit nervous when i go on stage i said wow i i never knew that yeah. but tomorrow you know i'm not like tomorrow's a big show for me you know um celebrating this new album playing the folly stage all this yeah. um so i'm excited about it i'm not nervous in the sense that because I have a great band that's playing with me and, and I, I have so much faith in them and, and they're, they're incredible. And I just, I know the music will be fine. You know, I'm not worried about the yeah, music. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, I want to ask you about who you play with because one of your uh, partners is Peter Schlam, uh, the vibraphonist, the pianist, who's been such a close collaborator with you over the years. Tell us about your relationship and how important Peter's become to the work that you do. Peter is someone I've known since, my, my, since I was in high school. Yeah. And uh, he was a huge inspiration to me. Then he was, he was playing at a super high level back then, the vibraphone mostly. He pushed you a little bit, I he, gather. Oh, really did. Really yeah. did. I learned a lot from Peter, and I, and I still do, honestly. Um, and he's, he's been on all my, all my albums as a leader as, uh, under my name. Um, he was on Blue. He's on Chain for the Dreamlike. And uh, we play duo around the world. We have a duo project where we, where we yeah. play and we, we tour around the world as piano trumpet. You know, he's living in this country. You're, you're over there. I think he's still in Kansas City. Are you able to work with him? I mean, can you do things via Zoom that you couldn't do before that you can play ideas off each other in a way that maybe, you know, back pre-pandemic you couldn't have done? We, we've been able to, to record uh, on certain things at a distance. Um, yeah. not, not together, but stuff that's, you know, like I can record some ideas and send it to him and he can, he can implement it in his music in this way. Wow. Yeah. And is that works okay? That works okay. I mean, there's certain situations where we need to be live and fortunately he's coming to Europe regularly enough and I'm coming over here, you know, pretty regularly as well in the sense that we get to, we get to see each other and yeah. do things together. Well, why did you move to, uh, to Europe, to Paris? What, what, what was it? Um, <laughs> I, 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 I essentially I moved because I just wanted to, you know, I felt like life is short. I wanted to live in another place and explore new horizons. And, um, and, uh, I had found myself going regularly to Europe to play. And so mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, I need to explore these, these, the, you know, this path a little bit more. And it's been, it's been a good decision because now I'm really all over Europe. I'm, did you have a sense, I think I read somewhere once that maybe you felt a little tapped out here. It was just time to expose yourself to new influences and, and try different things. Yeah, I felt, you know, I really felt like I could, I did what I could do here, mm -hmm. you know. Um, 
and uh, I, I developed a very loving, incredible community here. Um, Clearly, yeah. And I knew that even if I left, there that they would still be here, you know, mm-hmm. so I could come back and still be feel part of the community. <laughs> Is the European scene, jazz scene, that different? Because there's this long history of Americans going over there, you know, Ben Webster, Dexter Gordon, all these people would go and move to Europe and they talked about how embracing the European jazz community was even compared to the American jazz community. Is that still the case? I find the, that the case for me. Um, there's a lot of musicians and, uh, who, who ask me to come play with, with their bands throughout Europe. And then also the the listeners are super embracing of, of my music. Yeah. Um, and also just the thing about Europe is the density of, of Europe is it's in it, in all that you have so many countries in, in in a continent that's that's not that big. Yeah. And so many different opportunities and festivals and so many things happening. Wow. Wow. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the session with Herman Mahari heard here on KCUR at seven on Saturday evenings. What's amazing to me about your show is you listen to one or two weeks and you quickly get the idea of, man, you are pulling music from everywhere. I mean, it is it is as eclectic a music program as you're going to find. Yeah. And that's what keeps it so interesting to me is because you're pulling stuff from all over the map. Yeah. And and that's intentional, I gather. It's super intentional. And it's also something that's really the way it is for you, I gather. It is. I love all this kind of, you know, I love all these all this music, old, new, all these styles. And for me that's a challenge. It's like how do I put this together in a way that's 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 cohesive and coherent? Um, and I, 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 you know, I really think about, okay, the, here's some songs that are familiar people will know anchor songs. And then here's songs that people will discover, you know, so people, yeah. I know that people need yeah. kind of some anchor songs, stuff they familiar. So I, I really curate it, you know, really specifically. Well, it's a fun show. I, and just to point out again, Herman Mahari performs at eight Saturday evening at the Folly tickets, follytheater.org. We're going to go out with who dared it uh, from Herman Mahari. This is the lead off track to Asmara and Herman. What a pleasure to have you here. Looking forward to tomorrow night and uh, just so thrilled to see you doing so well. Thank you, Steve. You bet. Herman Mahari. Today is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. Our intern is Claudia Brancart. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening. <laughs>